0: official title, The Greatest, can be debated in a variety of ways, but to me, there's no it's question. not about the knockdown. Never got me down, it's about what we do after the knockdown. So
1: much desire in
0: Fernando that Vargas. That is you. what defines who we are. I am just a poor boy, though my story seldom told. goes Frazier! That down goes Frazier! I my resistance. For a pocket full of mumbles, such a promise. you so only saw two fighters that ever had it: Muhammad Ali and Sugar Ray Robinson. Marciano, he hits you so hard, and to folks in Rocky Marciano was one of the toughest men ever. Stop the fight! You can stop it. I've tussled a whale, i handcuffed lightning, and put thunder in jail. Show me how you live.
1: Show me how you fight. And because of boxing. Show me who the fuck you are. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's been a while. It's been what? A couple months? I don't know. But uh, here's another issue of our little pop culture appropriations miniseries, The Pugilistic Pulpit. Now, every episode, I've been there. My name is Adney Moreno. Um, usually, I have someone here with me. Uh, usually my my good friend Julio. Unfortunately, he couldn't be here to record today. Um, What I wanted to do, um, something I've actually been trying to plan for the past few weeks, was to have an old friend of mine, uh, if any of you out there are old fans of the Alcoholicast, you remember him, Chris Smith. Uh, We podcasted together for a long time, did a lot of fight talk. And um, he's uh, really the main reason what helped me fall in love with mixed martial arts as well as boxing and of course vice versa i helped him fall in love with boxing and i really wanted to have him on the show to do a fight talk again especially during the build-up to that whole uh, floyd mayweather conor mcgregor fight i thought it'd been fun me a predominantly boxing guy him a predominantly mixed martial arts guy and us just kind of having fun with the whole you know sideshow event that it was but a lot of things kind of went wrong first off just scheduling conflicts between me and him and like the reason why there hasn't been a pop culture appropriation episode in quite a while you know we moved different places basically we got this whole new studio that's right coming at you from a brand new goddamned damned studio feeling super fucking professional anyway here we are back again and there is so much to talk about god damn there is so much to talk about unfortunately it's just me That's all you got. That's all you got this episode. You only got me I need to talk to. I ain't got no one to bounce shit off of right now. So I'm just throwing shit out the wall. And that's why I'm drinking a little bit. Alright. Main thing that we got to hit on first, right? Uh, The most important fight of the year in all of boxing, of course, is Gennady Golovkin versus Saul Canelo Alvarez for the lineal and undisputed middleweight championship of the world. Now, you could say it's not quite undisputed because uh, Billy Joe Saunders, uh, I think, holds a belt. But, I mean, come on, guys. Come on. Come on. Gianna Golovkin has, what, 23 of the alphabet belts? Carol Alvarez is the man who beat the man who beat the man who beat the man who unified the entire division. I think it's safe to say this is really the undisputed title of the world, Gennady versus Canelo. A fight we've been waiting for for so long. For so long we waited for this fight. And um, I, of course, I bitched about it on air several times that we, the fans, if we want the fight to happen, we have to bitch at Canelo. We have to insult Canelo or hurt his pride in order to make the fight happen. And the way it seems is, the way it looks is... De La Hoya and his team were planning on having Canelo fight Gennady the whole time. I'm over here bitching and moaning and complaining like a little asshole. Say, so you need to make the fight, you're afraid to make the fight. And I'm, now I look like an idiot. <laughs> I really think that um, what everyone's been saying, if you go to any credible boxing source, I'm not talking about you know the assholes on ESPN like Skip Bayless or Stephen A. Smith, the guys who don't follow combat sports, period, and therefore don't know anything about combat sports. I mean, actual guys, hardcore fans, people who follow the sport and are knowledgeable. They've all been saying it, that De La Jolla waited until the perfect moment. He let Gennady get a few more miles on that odometer. He let him take a few more punches, a couple more years, get a little bit closer to his mid to late 30s, while Canelo was constantly improving. Obviously, The age was a big thing because as, you know, any fight fan knows, you know, 26, 27, 28, 29, those are the very prime years. Those, those are the best years of a fighter's, of a fighter's life. Um, you know, you want to see a guy at his absolute physical peak, uh, good examples, you know, Ollie versus Cleveland Williams in 67, right before he went into exile for three years. Uh, A more recent example, um, 2005, Floyd Mayweather versus Arturo Gotti. Perfect weight for him. And it's just the perfect, he's 27 years old at his absolute peak. And now here we are, Canelo. He's 27 years old. He's at his absolute physical peak. And he is going into this fight. And it was a perfect timing by Oscar de la Hoya and his whole team, everyone involved. I do definitely believe that. Canelo de- desperately wanted this fight, and it was Oscar who was like, all right, just calm down. How about that? How about we just calm down for a minute? Let's give it a second. Let's wait a little bit, and let's build interest. Let's let it marinate. <laughs> Obviously, if you're a longtime boxing fan, the whole marination doesn't always sound good, does it? I mean, I think we all remember the whole, you know, um, Juanma Lopez versus Yoriorkis Gamboa fight that marinated for years and years and until both guys started losing and that fight just lost all meaning and it was such a missed opportunity. It would have been a hell of a fight if they still if they had fought before any of them lost, before any of them lost a step. It would have been entertaining. You know what? On second thought, it actually might be entertaining now. Because they're both completely washed. I mean no, <laughs> that sounds that sound really dickish, but whatever. I mean, come on, fuck off. That I, I mean, you, be honest, you'd probably you'd probably watch that if you paid to watch Floyd Mayweather fight Conor McGregor in a boxing ring. Then you'll you'll definitely watch Yuriorkis Gamboa fight Wama Lopez right now, and maybe have their trainers fight too. That'd be that'd be fun. We all know the story behind Wama. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're getting way off fucking track here. My apologies. Let's get back. Let's get back to the the fucking fight at hand here. This fight is has become because of those years marinating, because of those years waited, it has become an incredibly close fifty fifty fight. We all know that Gennady was a huge huge favorite for years. Everyone was like, that's why Canelo was ducking him because Gennady would destroy him. But then of course, Gennady looks a little bit vulnerable. He looks a little more human against Kell Brook. He looks a little more human against Daniel Jacobs. Canelo is just getting better. He's gotten better every fight out. He was stagnant early in his career. He was like, oh, here's another prospect they're trying to blow up, yada, yada, yada. 23 years old, he fights Floyd Mayweather, gets taken to school. A lot of people call him a hype job. But to his credit, ever since that loss to Floyd, he has gotten exponentially better. In, in every sense, like his entire game has become much more well rounded. He's taken on much better opponents. I mean, I get, there's like, like I, he did fight, you got to give him credit for fighting Austin Trout before Floyd Mayweather, the guy who was really big, yet still fast and slick, Southpaw who outfought Miguel Cotto and Sal Alvarez beat him. Before fighting Floyd Mayweather. And then after Floyd, of course, he demolished Alfredo Angulo. He got that win against Arislandi Lara, who's an incredibly slick, talented fighter, very technically, very sound, and just a really good boxer. And then, of course, we all know destroying James Kirkland, Amir Khan, and getting that decision against Miguel Cotto. He's gotten better every time out. And although it was disappointing that he went the distance with uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. We all wanted the knockout. I mean, you gotta throw some, you gotta throw most of that blame on Julio for just not opening up. He didn't want to win. He wanted to survive. He all he wanted to show up, make weight, and survive twelve rounds. He didn't want to engage. And I think a big part of that, though, to give Canelo his credit, he shot Chavez. He shut him down. In the very first round, Chavez did come out a little aggressive, threw some punches, landed some shots, and it looked like Canelo felt his power early, and then kind of was like, oh, wait a minute, this this power isn't much, and then he just pushed forward, started countering, started loading up on his counters, and just shot shut Chavez down, and Chavez could never get going, and then after a few rounds, he's like, fuck it, I'm just going to survive. Him, yeah I think Canelo did look pretty good in that very dominant win, and he's he's at his best, and i like i i for a long time, I, of course I like everyone else favored triple G to win the fight, and now I'm so confused like right now, as I'm talking, I do not have a prediction. I don't know who I think is gonna win. I'm hoping that by the time I'm done with this me ranting about the fight and just kind of thinking about it and talking out loud about all their strengths and weaknesses, maybe I'll come up with something. Maybe by the end of this, I'll have my actual prediction. So before I uh, really get into that, I actually had something here. Um, as I said, I really wanted my friend uh, Chris Smith to come on to do this show, not just for, you know, even though he couldn't, we couldn't do the Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor episodes, I did. I would have liked to have him come on just to, you know, the comeback show, but once again, scheduling conflicts. But he did send me some questions. He said, Adney, I got some questions about the, ba- about the match. And who's got the better? And then he, na- he throws six categories at me. Six categories, and he wanted to know who was the best. And I figured, hey, this would be a fun little exercise. Read these categories on air, and then answer them that way. All right. So the first one is hand speed. Second one is footwork, offense, elusiveness, defense, and experience let's start with hand speed. Now I want to now this was the actually really the hardest one for me to pick who had the edge because neither of them are blindingly fast. Neither of these guys are Vasil Lomachenko. Um, they do have good speed. I mean I remember uh first time I, I really watched Canelo was uh, all the way back in uh 2010. It was actually on the undercard Floyd Mayweather versus Shane Mosley. Uh, that fight was the um was in was played in theaters and on the undercard was Saul Alvarez versus um, Jose Cotto, Miguel Cotto's brother. And it was the first and really the only time I've ever seen Alvarez rocked and visibly hurt. Early in the fight, he got hit with a shot. He railed and he like just fell backwards into the ropes, had to barely hold himself up, but kept himself composed, recovered, and then dominated down the stretch and won by stoppage in, I think, the ninth round. But anyways, back then, he was very, very visibly slow in both his hands and feet. And it was like that for a long time. But he slowly but surely started to increase his hand speed and focus on his hand speed. It was like in training. That's all his number one focus for a long time was... Wrapping those weights around his wrists and making sure he got faster and faster and faster, and it's really helped. His his hand speed is so much faster now, compared to what it was. But he's still not, you know, Terence Crawford. You know, he's still not Sergio Martinez. Martinez was when he was at his peak, anyways. And Gennady, Gennady isn't doesn't rely on speed. He has decent hand speed. He's not you know a slow plodding fighter. But he, he relies on surprise, not with speed, but with positioning. He'll position him a certain way. He'll faint a certain way. He, throw, he hooks off the jab really well. But it's all about timing with Gennady. When, about, when he's trying to place his punches one at a time, he'll throw a quick shot, but it's based off his timing that he lands it, not necessarily his speed. And his, when he throws combinations, it, you, can, you can almost see him. You can almost feel Gennady sort of picking... He throws a punch and then looks, oh, there's the opening, boom. You know, oh, there's the opening, boom. Like he doesn't throw these really quick rapid fire combinations like Canelo does. Canelo throws very fast blistering combinations when he loads up. He likes to sit back. He likes to wait for his opponent to come at him. He'll sit there in the pocket or maybe against the ropes. He'll wait a second, block a few shots, slip a few shots, pick the second, and then bam, 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 bam. four or five punch combination and then move out of the way, circle around his opponent. So for that reason, I gave Canelo a slight edge in hand speed. Next one was footwork. Now this one I I pretty easily gave to Gennady Golovkin because that was one of the very first things we saw of Gennady that leaped out at us when he was fighting Gregor's Proxa. It was abundant there, and it's been very clear ever since that fight, probably most clear in his fight against David Lemieux. Uh, he has a, obviously that really good jab and he likes to come forward. He puts pressure on on his guys and and he, he goes to the body. He's very aggressive and hence everyone's saying Mexican style. You know him, Gennady in his silly accent like, this is my style, Max, Max, this is my style, this is Mexican style. He is very aggressive, but also he's so good. The reason why he's so good at applying pressure is his footwork. He knows how to position his guys. He knows how to angle you to the ropes or into the turnbuckle. He knows how to get you there without wasting a lot of energy with head movements that are unnecessary or just a whole lot of throwaway punches. He could just get you there with his footwork. And when you try to retaliate, he knows it and he can slip away very easily. And he uses that shoulder for his defense a lot of the time, especially in that Lemieux fight. David Lemieux, arguably even a harder puncher than Gennady, would get backed up and then he would wing at Gennady with huge right hands and huge left hooks and Gennady would just step out of the way. Deflect a couple of shots off his shoulder. Never let Lemieux get close because of that brilliant footwork. That's where most of his defense comes from. Uh, defense, you basically, like the old timers would say, like there's three ways to defend move your head, move your hands, or move your feet. You know, you can move your head, you can be elusive, you can slip shots, you can duck shots. Move your hands, pick off punches, or just block. Move your feet, lateral movement, or go in and out. Show them angles, things like that. Gennady is very good at that footwork while Canelo Alvarez on the other hand although as I said a minute ago he's improved incredibly with his hand speed unfortunately he just really hasn't improved that much with his foot speed his, he's pretty slow and he's kind of plodding um, that's why he likes to be a counter he's a natural counter punch he likes to let his guys do all the work and come in at him so he can just kind of lay up kind of sit down dig his toes into the canvas block some shots slip some and then boom load up on a couple of counters to the body and head so I pretty easily gave that one to Gennady the next one that Chris asked about was overall offense uh the easy the quick answer is Gennady Golovkin and the reason is the quick answer is uh, his power he's proven to be a more powerful puncher he's 37-0 with you know 33 knockouts that's an incredible percentage for anybody When you include that, 18 of those fights were title fights. It's very, very impressive. Whereas uh, um, Canelo Alvarez has 34 knockouts and 51 fights. It's not as impressive. I mean, obviously, he has some incredible highlight reel knockouts. I mean, the way he decimated both James Kirkland and Amir Khan, I mean, those were fantastic highlight clips to add to his uh, resume. But at the end of the day... His power isn't all that consistent. It's not like a thing that he does all the time to his opponents. uh, His power, I feel, a lot comes from his physical strength, and he just kind of wears you down. He's not as heavy-handed as Gennady Golovkin. So I think that's something that everyone can see. Everyone sees as an obvious uh, little, you know, their strengths. And... It's easy to give it just from that to Gennady, but I think there is more than that. I mean, obviously, neither of these guys just rely on just power. They're both very versatile in their punches. Neither one of them relies on just one punch. They, they have great variety, and in their combinations, uh, they're very versatile in their offense. But the reason that I very specifically gave the offensive edge to Gennady is because of his jab. Canelo's got a good jab. He can slap you with that jab. He can dictate pace with his jab. He can, you know, he knows how to find his distance. He knows how to faint really well with the jab. Going back to the Amir Khan knockout, he did a very good job of fainting with that left hand to set up that big overhand right that knocked Amir Khan to the next fucking dimension. But he he can't quite. He he's not the kind of fighter who can win a fight with the jab. Gennady is, and he's done it twice, so far, and on the big stage. That fight against Daniel Jacobs, those rounds that he won, and I do I believe that he won that fight. Um, the rounds that he won was mostly because of the jab, because he was able to put, he was able to uh, snap Daniel Jacobs' head back. He was able to stop his movement, stop his forward progression, and kind of back him up and land a couple more shots. He was able to slow Jacobs down in some of those rounds because of the jab go back to the David Lemieux fight and although David Lemieux has this huge power puncher and he's reaching for these big shots in the very first round Gennady found the jab rhythm and just kept it going and he dictated the pace of the entire night just off his jab as anyone who's fought him will tell you his jab is like a regular person's straight right hand it's very heavy he snaps it well and he guards well after the jab he doesn't leave his left hanging the way that Canelo does He snaps out that jab, brings it right back up to his temple, and he's ready to defend. And that, because of that jab, because the jab sets up everything else in the arsenal, and because you can win a fight just off of a really good jab, something that George Foreman would always say, George Foreman would always tell everyone that would listen, if you can jab really well, this game is easy. So offense overall, I give to Gennady Golovkin. Next one is elusiveness, which is a part of defense, but a more specific thing about defense. Um, elusiveness, just how do you avoid punches? And I think this is a clear win for Canelo. Like, Canelo is very elusive. As I, I've said before about the footwork, it's, it's the, they have the opposite strengths when it comes to defense. While you have Gennady Golovkin, who has great footwork. He comes in and out very well. He can corner you in the shots really well. He is very stiff. Gennady Golovkin has very little head movement, if at all. He gets caught with a lot of shots. And then of course, you know, his pride comes up and he says, come on, hit me again. And a lot of time it's like, oh, he's putting on a show. It's big drama show. My big present for all my people. Like he says all that. And of course, Abel Sanchez says, oh, he let, he lets guys hit him to make them fight more exciting. He wants to look vulnerable to get big fights, which I believe to an extent, but also You never see Golovkin move his head. He gets caught with a lot of punches he doesn't see coming. We we all watched the Kell Brook fight. We all watched the Daniel Jacobs fight and other fights where he did get caught because he doesn't move his head well. Meanwhile, Canelo, although he doesn't have good footwork, he makes up for it with his ability to block while he's on the inside, his ability to slip shots and duck. His head movement has gotten very, very good over the last few years, and it's really opened up his offense, and the reason why... A big reason why he's able to get such impressive knockouts sometimes, stoppages and knockouts lately, is because of his defense allowing him to land shots his opponents don't see. I think this is a clear win uh, for Canelo in a chance of elusiveness. The next category is overall defense. So we're putting it all together. Uh, when it comes to footwork and uh, in terms of defense, Gennady's got the edge. When it comes to elusiveness, And head movement, stuff like that, in terms of defense, Canelo's got the edge. But who's got the edge in overall defense? I'm going to give that one to Canelo. Canelo is naturally a more defensive fighter. He's a natural counterpuncher, which is very uh, contradictive of the typical Mexican fighter. I mean, Canelo is a Mexican fighter, but the typical Mexican style that most people are accustomed to is like Julio Cesar Chavez or... Marco Antonio Barrera, the kind of guys who fight squared up, they come straight at you, they'll take a couple of punches in order to get close enough to throw one of theirs. A lot of dedication to the body, and especially with that left hook. Left hook is is the biggest power punch among Mexican fighters. It's, It's favored for a very good reason, too. It works, especially to the liver. Now, while Canelo Alvarez is a very good body puncher, and he can decimate someone with a left hook to the body, like you did to Liam Smith, he isn't a big left hooker. He relies more on his right-hand power than his left-hand power, and like I said, he's a natural counter-puncher. He doesn't like to come at you. He had difficulties against Trout and Erislande Lara, and especially Floyd Mayweather, when he was forced to lead and attack his opponents and try to rough him up and go to the body and be the typical Mexican style. He had difficulties doing that. But when he's allowed to be himself, when he's allowed to be the counterpuncher and let his opponents come at him and look for openings, he is at his very best and he has looked his very best and he has done his very best. Whereas Gennady Golovkin is the exact opposite. It's the reason why so many people are excited for this fight. It's the reason why HBO will not show you a goddamn promo without that audio clip of Max Kellerman saying that their strengths feed into each other because it's very, very true. Gennady, while well, Canelo loves to have his opponents come at him so he can create counterpunch opportunities and he doesn't, matter. he doesn't mind being in the trenches, getting in dirty and trading with you a little bit, blocking your shots on the inside, Gennady has to come forward. He loves to come forward, be aggressive, go to the body, and mix it up. So they're both going to be able to do their favorite thing here. And that's what makes the fight so exciting. But the thing is, when Gennady comes forward, he gets caught with a lot of shots. As I said before, not a lot of head movement. He's pretty good at blocking, but then he leaves his body open a lot of the time. It's what Daniel Jacobs was able to take advantage of in their fight. His best defense is his footwork, but when he's busy coming at you, trying to go to the body, he's wide open for shots. He's proven that in the past. And although the so I have I'm going to have to say that overall, defense is a clear Canelo category. The last uh, category that uh, my boy Chris sent me. It was just experience. Now, Gennady Golovkin has tremendous experience. He has a, an enormous, successful amateur background. I think I'm pretty sure his amateur record was, what, 345 wins against five losses. Uh, he has wins in the amateurs over the likes of Andre Durrell and Lucien Boutte. Uh Very impressive stuff. And as a professional, like I said, 37-0, and 0, 33 knockouts he's had 18 title defenses of the wba middleweight title but once i'm gonna have to give this one to canelo because he has faced the better opposition in the pros canelo didn't have a outstanding amateur you know career because he's a mexican fighter and typically mexican fighters turn pro when they're about 15 years old and it's just off to the races from there and canelo uh he seemed to be protected early on in those first few years when he first got onto American television, when he was first on the undercard of Floyd Mayweather versus Shane Mosley. For those first couple of years, he did seem to be protected. I mean, not just against fighting against um, Jose Cotto, but fighting against a washed-up Carlos Baldemir or Lovemore Endo. I believe he got his first uh, world title at junior middleweight by fighting matthew hatton who wasn't ranked at junior middleweight matthew hatton was a welterweight and for some reason he got to fight for a vacant title against saul alvarez at junior middleweight and then of course you know alvarez fought like the likes of ryan Woods and alfonso gomez and so he did seem to be protected but at the then he started to really pick it up after that though and you got to give him credit you could say that Kermit Cintron or that, um, was just, and Shane Mosley just were kind of washed. I do believe that Cintron was pretty washed. Shane Mosley, although he wasn't what he was, I don't think he was completely washed when Canelo fought him. Josecito Lopez, you could say, was below Canelo's level. Um, but after that, I mean, in a row, in succession, he's fought Austin Trout, Floyd Mayweather, Alfredo Angulo. Erislandy Lara, James Kirkland, Miguel Cotto, Amir Khan, Liam Smith, and then Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. He's fought a couple of Hall of Famers in Miguel Cotto and Floyd Mayweather Jr. He's fought two Hall of Famers. He's been on the biggest stage that there is multiple times. He's been under those giant heavy lights. He's been at the biggest stage the sport can provide, and he's done well for himself, except for the Floyd Mayweather fight. Gennady hasn't experienced that level of attention in a fight, that stage of a fight. And so for experience, I would edge it to Canelo for that. All right, moving on. So <laughs> that all being said, uh, that, you know, those those questions, given my opinion and all, um, I want to go further into their styles, what they bring to the table. Obviously, I talked about how Uh, Triple G has the better jab and that he's going to be coming forward while Canelo Alvarez is the natural counterpuncher and he likes his opponents to come towards him. Pretty much the overall consensus is that Gennady's going to be coming at him. He's going to come at him with the Mexican-style fighter. Um, Gennady, who's from Kazakhstan, fights the more typical Mexican style than the biggest Mexican star in boxing, Canelo Alvarez. And... (laughs) He's going to be coming at him. He's going to look to go to the body and Canelo's going to want to counter. And although Canelo has fought comfortably off the ropes in the past, um, I think we can all agree that that's not a good idea to get to do against Gennady because he just has a different level of power. Canelo has never fought anyone with the level of power that uh, Triple G has. It's It's something else. I mean, he has fought some very strong punchers, but we're talking about a different thing right now. They're both very good body punchers. They both dedicate a lot of time to body punching. They both scored some brilliant knockouts with body shots, especially with that classic left hook to the liver. And I think Canelo should definitely... What would be surprising, I think, to a lot is if Canelo might actually decide to try and push Gennady back. Instead of being the counterpuncher and uh, letting Gennady come at him with that very stiff, powerful jab and going to the body with those really heavy shots, Canelo might try to smother his punches. Uh, This is something that Canelo did against both Miguel Cotto and James Kirkland. After he sort of weathered the storm in the first round against Kirkland, he he pushed him back whenever he could. He stood his ground and tried to like sort of stem the flow that was James Kirkland. And Miguel Cotto, he was constantly stalking Cotto, constantly walking him down, and it took a lot of the sting off Cotto's punches. Cotto was pushing a lot of his shots. Canelo might try to do that exact same thing against Gennady, have Gennady moving back. I mean, we're going in thinking that Canelo is going to be the boxer and that Triple G is going to be the aggressive puncher, but Canelo might try to switch it around and ain't try to be a little more aggressive, use that head wait for Gennady to try and back up and use that jab and then slip the shots and then counter him. I think that might be a really good surprise. Like, a, It might be a good plan for Canelo to at least try that in the first round to kind of get Gennady off his game a little bit before resting into that rhythm of the counterpuncher. Like I said before, I gave the offensive edge to Gennady based off his jab. Typically, you want a jab with a jabber. Like they say, uh, you should never throw a hook against a fellow against a, someone who has a really good hook. Don't hook with a hooker. But with a jab, it's the opposite. Someone likes to use their jab. They rely on their jab. You want to jab with them to disrupt their rhythm. I don't think that's a good idea to do against Gennady because of how heavy his jab is and be, and because he might just start trading with you. And you don't want that. I think that Canelo's best chance to sort of take away Gennadi's jab is is to do something similar to what he did against Amir Khan. Obviously it's a very different situation. <laughs> Khan is much smaller, much lighter puncher, much more chinny and moved a lot more. But what Canelo did against Amir Khan was he threw that jab out and he was only he missed with a couple of punches in the first round, but then he started to wing in that right hand to the body over and over again. That left hook, that left hand, he would go body to the head, a lot to the head, but that right that right hand that wide right hook just kept going to Amir Khan's midsection every time Amir would throw the jab. And I think that's what Canelo should do against Triple G. When Triple G comes out trying to throw that big heavy jab, slip under it and counter with that right to the body over and over again. Get Gennady worried about the body but not only that is Gennady isn't used to a lot of guys going after his midsection Canelo's had a lot of guys try to go after his midsection and he's done a good job of blocking all those shots staying on the inside and defending well against them Gennady is almost never against the ropes and therefore doesn't really have to worry about it when someone like Daniel Jacobs decides to finally open up on his body he lands so I think going to his body It's a very good idea. Try and wear triple G down a little bit. Whatever you can do to try and minimize the power of Gennady later in the fight is obviously the best thing to do. And going to the body is never a bad idea. Waiting for the jab and doing that wide right hand, or at least just a, a long straight right hand to the body, to the midsection of Gennady, and then mixing it up, up top. Wait a couple of rounds maybe. Maybe do it sooner. Maybe mix it up. Body and head. With a with a straight right over the top of that jab, we know that Canelo can do that really well. The pullback counter, the slip to the side counter, with the right hand, load up on it with a lot of power. He can do that and make Gennady think twice about anything that he does. Um, Gennady most of the time doesn't like to trade a lot. He'll sit there on the he'll sit there on the inside. He'll put that pressure on you. He'll be in your chest. And he'll throw punches at you in close, but he likes to wait for you to stop to throw his own punches. And when you start flurrying at him, he'll back off, As which is what really helped Daniel Jacobs score a lot of points is when Danny Jacobs started firing away, Gennady uh, covered up a little bit and let uh, Daniel Jacobs just unload and pile up points. And as I said before, Canelo throws those blistering combinations. He throws a lot of punches. So when Canelo is up against the ropes and decides to, you know, slip the jab, go to the body, cover up a little bit, block a couple of shots, and then unleash a four or five punch combination. Gennady will cover up and he'll give that Canelo that chance to circle around him and get off the ropes. Gennady, although like I said, he does have that good footwork. He is very stationary. He'll cover up. Maybe you won't hit him cleanly a lot of the time, but you can pile up points that way. And if you keep going to his body, you, will, you can wear him down, and it'll open up those headshots. It's been clear. Um, like Floyd Mayweather, when he was doing his prediction, kept, made a big deal and kept repeating it. How Kell Brook, a welterweight, outboxed Gennady Golovkin. And if he can do it, Canelo can do it. Canelo can stop Triple G. That was Floyd Mayweather's prediction. But on the flip side of that coin, Amir Khan was also outboxing Canelo Alvarez for a few rounds. Both Gennady and Canelo Alvarez fought welterweights and those welterweights with their speed and foot movement were able to land punches and pile up rounds early before ultimately being knocked out. So, I mean, to say that Gennady is going to be easily beaten because he was outboxed by a welterweight for a couple of rounds, like you could say the same thing about Canelo. So that's not, I don't think that's a good enough argument to say that just, oh, look at that. Look at that. Just look at that everything I think it's it's a lot more it's very much more complicated for Gennady um what I think he needs to do is really fucking be Gennady um Canelo's gonna be expecting him to come forward be aggressive all that and so Canelo can counter but don't give him big chances to counter stay sharp and use that jab. Mix up the jab to the body and head. Mix up the range of your jab. Mix up the speed of your jab. Aim in at different places. Hook off the jab, and but to the body. Don't just always hook to the head off the jab. Go to the body with it too. And when he has Canelo against the ropes, don't waste shots. Don't just flurry at him, hoping to because Canelo's going to block all those of the encounter. You got to place one big shot and then back off. Which, what I'm basically saying is that Golovkin needs to box more and be less of Mexican style and be more of the cerebral puncher that demolished David Lemieux. Because if he does that, he can frustrate Canelo by not giving Canelo a lot of counter opportunities. And then late in the fight, he can really start to come on. Because I think, aside from the footwork, another one of Canelo's, what seems like a weakness of Canelo, is that he likes to fight in spurts. He has a low punch output you know he'll take he'll take time off like he doesn't move around a lot he doesn't like to waste energy so if you push the pace and you make it a fast paced fight if you later on if the, in the second half of the fight if you really start to push that pace and you make it a blistering sort of then you start to go to war then you start to really put it on him make him uncomfortable there's a chance that you can overwhelm him because he got into he got kind of he got a little too comfortable and now you're taking advantage of that so what's it gonna be? Who's gonna dedicate more time to the body? Who's gonna risk that? Because obviously, when you go to the body, uh, you're open to get countered to the head. It's very, like, it's you got to be willing to take that risk. Um, is I know Gennady is gonna be willing to take that risk. He's absolutely gonna be willing to go to the body. I'm not sure if Canelo is gonna be so easy to take that risk. He might be a little more cautious in the in the going. Um, who knows how he's gonna react to Gennady's power? I think I definitely think that uh, Triple G will be able to take Canelo's best punches to the head. Um, if Canelo wants to score a knockout, as he says he does, as some guys have predicted, including Floyd Mayweather, he has to go to the body. Just by head hunting, you're not going to knock out Gennady Golovkin if you're Saul Canelo Alvarez. You have to go to the body. So far, when it comes really in close fighting in the trenches, I think that Canelo is better. I think Canelo is better in this most displayed, in against James Kirkland. He fought in there only in close. He countered with beautiful right uppercuts and it set him up perfectly for straight right hands and hooks over the top. I'm still drawing a blank on who I think is going to win this fight. Oh, it's, I, this is what we live for, isn't it? As fight fans, as people who've spent countless, countless hours watching any live fight that we could reading every article about the fights that we couldn't watch, looking up YouTube videos of fighters who we know are really good, but they just won't show on American TV like Chocolatito a few years ago or Noe Yanui. like all these guys. We just scrounge the internet looking for guys. We scrounge the internet in ESPN class to look at old school footage. We go back into the vault to watch old, old school fights like Jack Dempsey versus Jess Willard because we love this. We love the idea of the very best, toughest, most exciting fighters rising as the cream of the crop of their d- given division and going at it in a fight that we can't predict. We don't know how this fight is going to go. This is one of the most 50 50 big time fights, like one of the biggest in, in years. It's, and, and I'm, I'm like, although I'm kind of disappointed that I haven't really come up with a prediction yet. Uh, I'm also really happy about it because that, that means that the, the, the sport is just doing so well right now. Uh, and also, you might have guessed, I'm stalling. That's <laughs> this whole thing is, a stalling tactic. As I'm trying to come up with a name to say who I think is going to win. Uh, usually when it's a boxer versus a puncher, you should bet your money on the boxer. Canelo Alvarez does definitely seem to be the boxer in this situation. Uh, better defense. Um better counter puncher, but Gennady has some attributes that typically you would strive to the boxer. Better footwork, better jab. And he's more versatile than just a puncher. Gennady isn't just a straightforward brawler. He can also box. He can out-jab his opponents. He can use distance. We're going in thinking that he's going to be the puncher, Canelo's going to be the boxer, but it, th- those revolves may very well switch. Canelo might turn into the aggressor, look for a big shot, Look at using that head movement to bob and weave, come on the inside, try to get under uh, Gennady's jab to land a big shot. Meanwhile, Gennady is using that faster footwork and moving in and out of range, throwing that heavy jab, trying to disrupt Canelo's rhythm. Feet to the fire, I'm leaning towards Canelo Alvarez. I'm a huge fan of both of these guys. The reason I'm gonna pick. Not, I'm not very confident. Gonna admit it. So if Canelo wins, I don't deserve too much credit here because I'm just barely edging over to him for to win. Uh, I think the reason he's gonna win is because I th- Gennady has shown he can freeze a little bit, not because he's scared, because he tries to cover up and it lets guys just kind of tee off. And although that might not lead to him getting hurt very badly. It does lead to his opponent landing a lot of shots or throwing a lot of punches, seemingly landing, and piling up points. I think that really works in favor of Canelo. Even though Canelo likes to walk backwards and that gives Gotti the ability to move forward with momentum and to go after him and to do what he likes to do, I think it's going to play even more into Canelo's hands with his great head movement encounters anyway, that's what I have to say about that fight, um, obviously there's probably a lot of people disagreeing with me, because, you know, I'm just a fucking guy, I don't get paid for this shit, what do I know, you know, whatever, I just love this stuff, and I love to fucking talk about it, obviously, I wish I could go on for another three hours, and talking about boxing, because there's so much stuff I missed over our time away here, but maybe, um, soon I can get a fucking I can get, to, <laughs> I could reschedule an episode to where I can have some people in here to talk to about shit that's going on that's gone on recently. Um, but until then, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Pugilistic Pulpit, where we talk boxing. Chip, you've covered so many legendary fights. Where does this weekend's
0: fight rank amongst them? I couldn't sleep last night because I'm so excited about calling this fight. Uh, I, I can think of maybe three other fights in my entire career where I was so excited about the sheer style of what I'm going to see. Uh, it's not often that you have two guys at this skill level who are going in to try to knock each other out from the first five seconds of the fight. And that's exactly what's going to happen here. So the New York Post asked me a few days ago, what would you say to an on-the-fence average Joe who's trying to determine whether he wants to buy the pay-per-view? And my question was, would he have been on the fence for Hagler Hearns? Because this is his best chance in 30 years to see a replica of that kind of contact. I totally agree. I totally agree this is must buy must see the whole bit. When you say there's about 3 fights in history that you that you you know you you look at this and you compare this to can you tell us what those Well, were? in my in my broadcasting career, yes. I was very excited about Prince Nassim Hamed's first fight in the United States against Kevin Kelly okay. in Madison Square Garden. What you a great th- fight that was. You knew there would be fireworks. I was excited about Gaddy Ward because if you knew anything at all about their styles and who they were as people, you knew they were going to throw down and go to war. I was very excited about the second fight between Marco Antonio Barrera and Eric Morales because the first fight had been so shockingly violent. Uh, and and beyond that, uh-uh, not many. You know, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I am... I am tremendously pumped up at the fact that these two guys are as good as it gets in terms of the style that they portray and how well they do it, and they are going to throw down in the the biggest possible way. I've been Jim Lampley's color uh, commentator, they call it, now for about 12 years, actually, it's been already. Time flies, and it's an honor to work with the best who ever did it, by far. (laughs)